0: Hello and welcome to the third episode of Tailoring in Conversation. In this series, I'll be talking to tailors from all around the globe to gain a better insight into their worlds. My guest for today is Bernardo LaGuardia. Bernardo is a bespoke cutter and tailor who's currently based in Milan. You may be familiar with his work from his days at Sartoria Abitus or from his interview with Matthew Paluzzo at discoverartifacts.com. Bernardo is currently working for one of the big luxury names in Italy. And during our conversation, we'll be talking about tailoring schools, tailoring businesses, his journey into tailoring and more. Let's get started. Bernardo, thank you very much for making the time. Uh, It's been a pleasure to to have this opportunity. Um, There are many things that I would like to talk to you about. And uh, before I go into anything, this is a question I ask everyone. If me and you were friends and we were 10 years old, what would be, what would we be doing right now? This is quite a good
1: start for an interview. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe uh, you should move to the second question. And uh, as I uh, figure out something, I will get back to this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, okay, well, we 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 could maybe phrase it differently, so... No, I, um, I don't
1: know, actually, probably, probably, as I was um, a very, um, uh, I wasn't very friendly with other kids as I was a kid, and I spent okay. most of my time reading, and uh, this sounds so dull, uh, and playing yeah. with Lego, a lot of Lego, every time, okay. every day. Okay.
0: Should I... <laughs> sh- uh, so the books you have in the, in the background there, th- those are all your books?
1: Yes. These are okay, part of my a, books.
0: Part of your books, okay. Yeah, you're, yes, You're uh, a actually, <laughs> professional am, reader. On, on, this,
1: uh, <laughs> on this side, I am very lucky because my, um, my father is a professor and we yeah. had a huge library in our house, like 20,000 books. So
0: right this okay. is so that you actually you get the, a very small part of it do you get the reading from your from your dad's side mm, not that much because
1: uh, we have slightly different interests
0: all right okay so so what what kind of books were you reading uh
1: when i was 10 or right now
0: yes <laughs> well yeah well well tell me give me like a general kind of like well in your childhood uh, childhood years
1: probably um, it should have been something about history which is my uh right. my biggest intri- my biggest interest uh as well as uh, now is it it is it still is so uh, probably something about history
0: Right right okay okay so a lot of history you say and and lego right were you yes. uh, but you say you weren't friendly either so if me and you were playing lego would you share your lego with me or 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 would you kind of uh, like push me into the corner and say go go bring your own lego
1: <laughs> I, I i would say it was very sharing but actually it wasn't so
0: <laughs> yeah okay well <laughs> No that's that's okay it i is would such still such a poor play. introduction
1: I, for myself but
0: no it's great because uh well we we we're sitting here and collaborating on this highly technically difficult uh, application called uh, whatever it is uh, <laughs> and we still managed to get along so 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 that's okay so so okay you 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 like a lot of reading and you play with a lot of lego were you kind of like the type of kid that was uh more into things and and thinking about objects and maybe like gadgets or were you someone who was more thinking just about concepts and like um abstract ideas and things like that
1: Mm, definitely the second oh really so
0: you're philosophically orientated a little bit you could say. philosophically yes (laughs) okay okay um Yes, let's, let's just say,
1: let's just say that, um, I ended up studying tailoring, um, after I studied at the classical lyceum and it was basically all of a sudden and really unexpected to myself. (laughs) So, um, yes, I was always more uh, on the, uh, theory of things. I don't know how to say. Um, yeah yeah but actually, actually i i think uh I still am like this uh even mm. in the approach to craft uh I think it's more of a um, uh, a way of uh discovering something more about theory than the other way around
0: so you you prefer to discover things rather than just memorize the things that are already discovered kind of thing yeah right what were you studying what sorry what were you studying
1: uh at, uh when when you say that um when,
0: I, when you were uh, just before you you did tailoring
1: uh it was basically high school it's the um, i started in when i was 18 Uh, but the high school I went to was the, I don't know if you have, uh, anything similar in, in England, but it's basically is the, um, uh, it has a strong focus on Latin, Greek, uh, philosophy and all of that stuff. But it was not, um, uh, university, uh, course.
0: It was basically high school. Okay, okay. So how, what, what made you go from, from someone who's more thinking about ideas than things to then go and study and work with your hands on things and on these, well, you could say artifacts, uh, more or less?
1: Uh, do you want the truth?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely.
1: Um, I could say something fancy, but I will not. Actually, it was my mother. <laughs> because, um, right. uh, after, actually, when I was, uh, about to finish the um, high school, uh, I really didn't know what I wanted to do after, uh, at the mm-hmm. university. And so I was really much, pretty much into clothes, but as a client, you know, uh, I like, like suits and ties and, uh, all of that stuff. Uh, my mother said to me, uh, instead of, uh, go and lay dead for years in the university, um, studying something you don't care about. Why don't you just try something else like a craft or, um, and so basically this is how it started. And I liked it very much in first place. I was pretty scared because, uh, I've always been, uh, um, uh, like the kind of person who uh falls in love with things and then like after 6 months just throw them away and go you, with something you get else bored. But, okay. yes a lot but in this case I, I mean with tailoring uh it didn't happen so it makes me uh believe that is the right choice for me okay well you,
0: so so uh, w- does does your mother have uh like uh, anything fashion or tailoring uh, as a background or was it just like uh
1: no 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 she's did a she, librarian did she
0: specifically recommend you tailoring or was it like oh do something on the craft side
1: uh no no it was more of something but go with your and work with your hands basically that that was right, the idea right.
0: and so well, so why why didn't you go into like let's say, making clay sculptures or or doing, like, some other work? Um, Why
1: tailoring? Uh, actually, because, uh, as I said, I I was very much into clothing. And uh, by accident, I read uh, a book, which is probably, you know, uh, the book is uh, The Gentleman by um, Mr. Yes. Bernard Rösel. And, um, it was, uh, actually it was not, uh, a book of mine. I bumped into it at my friend's house and, uh, but reading that I discovered that there was the possibility to make clothing, uh, bespoke because I, I I, loved clothing, but I had no idea that there was something like a bespoke tailor. Uh, I mean, I, I knew, uh, tailors existed but i thought they were just guys uh like mm, making adjustments to uh ready to wear garments and that was it yeah and it just basically opened my mind like uh watermelon <laughs> and and so i i i went for it
0: all right okay okay so you decide to to start tailoring and you're thinking about well, how am I going to get into this kind of like uh, work experience and how can I get it as a job? What were your opportunities? Because you said you started when you were 18, right? Yep. What What opportunities did you have and what was your environment like when you tried to find a place to learn and to work, perhaps?
1: Um, well, <clears throat> First of all, let's say that, uh, I was, uh, living near Rome at the time, uh, in a smaller, uh, city. And at the time there were like two or three, uh, bespoke tailors, uh, still working, uh, very old, of course. And, um, so, but, uh, in the first place I didn't go to them. Uh, I just go with a, uh, with a school in Rome because I found a, a website, uh, I went there. Uh, I, didn't knew, I didn't know a thing about uh, the, the craft, the trade, so I think, let's start with the school. And I started with it. I was very disappointed in the first year because I wasn't learning as I expected. Uh, right. So yeah. So
0: what, what, what were you expecting and what were you given?
1: Uh well in that case basically um, I mean let's let's just say uh I kept asking why about things and nobody was giving me a fucking answer basically
0: Right <laughs> so, uh, right uh, uh
1: so that that was very disappointing because uh, I knew that mm, craftsmanship need um experience like yeah. uh the everyday work and uh, practice uh, on the same stuff every day for a million times. Uh, yes, yes. I knew that about the the workshops, but I expected from a school to be slightly different and more a school. Uh, and it yeah, was yeah. not. It was not because basically uh, it was run, uh, run by tailors so the the approach to the to the craft was the let's say vintage uh approach to the um, ah,
0: so so would uh, you say <laughs> that they were approaching it as if it was their business instead of it was being yes. school the kind of thing
1: yes yes exactly right. exactly okay. and so I, I i was a bit disappointed disappointed about oh. this uh after uh, it's been like 10 years now i can say um uh, that wasn't so bad because i understood that it's so very, what very wasn't difficult so bad? To the, the,
0: the school that that's that, that
1: cool that's cool yes uh-huh. um, probably okay. i was more uh, i was more disappointed that uh, i should have been basically
0: but okay, I didn't okay okay
1: because i later understood that uh it's very very difficult to teach this craft And especially if you don't have that kind of experience derived from uh, having been uh, a student uh, on a different type of uh, school or high school or university. So this is basically, I think, um, generational difference, a generational gap, Mm. which is very difficult to, to feel.
0: Did uh, did most of the people in your class feel the same frustrations, or were they kind of like more easygoing about it?
1: Mm, they probably they were easygoing, but uh, they, they 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 felt the same.
0: Right, right, right. Well, this is a common thing because most of the people you would speak to is they would say that when they were taught, uh, the person who taught them wasn't really telling them why they were doing certain things. And the most common answer is like this. Just makes people laugh when you say it. Is like because this is the way we've been doing it for a, for a long time. Like yeah. internationally, any language you speak, any tailor you go to who's kind of like on the older side will tell you that. And so yeah, it's become yeah, yeah. almost like a caricature, right? Okay, so so then you went to the school. Were were you kind of like uh, getting opportunities from the teachers there as well, or was it something completely outside of the domain of work?
1: No yeah it was outside it was outside basically be- because um uh the tailors uh running that school they were very very focused on their business and they had mm-hmm. this idea of uh making the school for business uh right so the so the the approach wasn't wasn't really good uh so I moved back to my little town and I went to uh a tailor. And I asked them kindly if I could go there and learn the craft, and so it mm. actually started that way.
0: Right, right, okay. Uh, just a question about that school. Uh, were you, were you, what, what exactly were you taught? Were you taught cutting and making, or w- which uh, one of the aspects were you kind of like? Uh, uh
1: we were taught uh, both but in in a very uh, messy way so we did some right. cutting and then some making and some trouser making but then like after 2 hours in the same day we shifted to waistcoats so it oh. and we were we were <laughs> we were too many we had uh too few uh teachers uh, okay. We had like just two heavy irons to work with, so it it was a mess.
0: Right, right, okay. And has has that school improved now? Do you, are you aware of any changes that they've done, or does it still exist? Or
1: actually, <laughs> yeah, it still exists. I don't know if uh, it improved. Uh, I know that our um, mutual friend Matthew Peluso. Yes. Um, yeah. He studied there for uh, one year uh before he came okay. to me to 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 be an apprentice in my in my old shop uh he yeah. studied there and i think that he felt the same way i felt
0: right right okay so well it, it, it i would assume that even if progress was made it was not enough to be like a, a change let's say um, yeah. All right. Okay. So then you go to this uh, tailor uh, and you ask politely whether you can you can uh, work there. How 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 many well. How skilled were you at the time when you went to that tailor and asked for like work experience? Uh,
1: basics like uh, okay. I don't know like wealth pockets, uh, breast pockets. Yeah uh some yeah. sleep making uh very little about uh, facings uh no colour yeah. no shoulders no uh, very basics
0: okay and and um how did that go what what was the journey there uh it went actually very good because
1: the that shop um uh, it was uh, a very small one uh we were three me included, Uh, and there were these two uh, brothers running the the workshop and working there. Uh, And they were trained uh, in a very, very big um, cutting school uh, back in Rome, like in the, I think in the late 50s or early 60s, like this. And uh, it was the the school created by the old uh, Domenico Caraceni. All um, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So it's something very very old and dusty, but yeah. very uh, <laughs> um, very strong technical um, uh, formation. And uh, okay. they, these two old gentlemen never uh, moved out this town uh so they were um i mean they they were they, they used to work in a very uh old way very traditional with very little um like uh aesthetic uh approach mm. to the to tailoring uh so um, the the jacket it was not beautiful let's say that but it was good it was yeah. um, it was not expensive at all, uh, oh. but it was everything was made by hand, um, hand padded canvases, uh, everything was done as it should be, uh, just vintage in the taste and a little uh, I don't know very say um, when something is from outside a, a bigger city. Um, speaking yeah. of taste, I don't know uh, yeah, the, the, yeah, the yeah. term. Well,
0: you could, well, I think they call it the, like uh, like a West End thing here, uh, like yeah. West oh, End okay. tailors were better than East End tailors, kind of thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: So uh, basically, I uh, and, but the fact that they uh, they were absolutely not glamour at all. Uh, it was actually a very uh, big opportunity to me because they mm. they stayed humble. Uh, they were very keen to teach, uh, they had absolutely no idea of what craft jealousy could be. So they basically, they, they showed me everything, everything they could. It was a lot to me back then, uh, it wouldn't be like a lot to me right now, but it was very 100% uh, their stuff, not less.
0: So um, so two questions I have about that um if if you would you say they didn't have a lot of style but they were technically very capable correct yeah now if with the skills that you have now and if you would compare now would you still say that they were technically very uh, compared to what you know today would you still say they're they were technically very on a on a very high level
1: uh Yes, I would say so. Yeah. I mean compared compared to the possibilities they had at the time, yeah. their age, their experience, I think for uh they didn't have internet, they didn't have Instagram yeah. to uh, look at the stuff uh, you make uh, or uh, I yeah. don't know the next Korean tailor makes uh, yeah. for uh being being in such a um out of uh, time and space, uh, mm. shock. Uh, it, it, I mean, it's, it's not easy for anyone. Uh, for yeah. them, uh, what they did, it was enough. I, I, okay. I, I respect a lot what they could achieve with those little means.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, this is a, this is a very interesting thing for me. And you mentioned that they didn't have anything like uh, jealousy and to, that would prevent them from teaching you why why do you think that was how what what kind of mentality did they have
1: i don't know basically i really don't know why probably the the fact that they uh they didn't have that kind of huge success in terms of uh fame and money success uh probably this aspect uh, made them uh, remain uh, very conscious about the uh, low extraction of our craft, because basically this Mm. is it. There is a lot of people today thinking that uh, our craft could be compared to some kind of art, I don't know, like with the capital A. I don't think so. I don't know if you think that, I don't. Um, why not? We we can we can discuss on this, but
0: uh yes, I yes. think that
1: the, the, <laughs> I think that this kind of uh experience, uh maybe n- not so satisfying, uh mm-hmm. kept them closer to the uh I don't know how to say it, to the lower ranks of the <laughs> of the working class in the in the craft.
0: Right. So right, they right. they, they say- have
1: the, Sorry, the, uh it was uh it was clear to me that they had the absolutely no idea of um what difference could make if they uh could have decided not to teach me how to cut a sleeve
0: right, i don't know if right, you if right.
1: you understand what i'm saying um, yeah, it
0: seems to me that what you're, you're, you're saying more or less and you can correct me if I'm wrong is that they weren't really into, into the world of glamour and the exposure they had was not as big as what we would have maybe today with like Instagram and so they didn't felt as if uh, there was any kind of big threat for them because they didn't have that much to lose and so it, it kind of like kept them close to uh, their own thing and what they were doing, so that they could just yeah. you know deal with the people they they had something like that. Do you think that most but, people? But uh, actually, I think have... it was
1: not it was not just this because I mean there is also this thing, but it's not uh, just this because it's uh, it would be a bit petty. Uh, mm-hmm. There was also the the idea of the uh, I don't know the, the the core of the craft. I mean, the, yeah. I think that they're, probably they, the, they didn't have the perception of this, but I think that uh, if I could ask them today about this, they would say, yes, the, this is the craft. This is all we have. It's the craft. It's not the business. It's not the money. It's not the clients. It's not the fame. It's just the craft. Mm. And why shouldn't we share this? Because it's pointless. Because I think the problem with other kind of tailors or uh, stylists is that they don't want to share the crafts because they're afraid that in that way they will share the success or the money or the...
0: Right, right. It's
1: a a logical um, gap. I don't know.
0: Do you think that also uh, uh, one of the additional reasons for people not wanting to show things is that they are not quite secure about the reasons that they are using certain techniques. Like, for example, they know what they're doing roughly, but because they can't articulate it, if someone else asks them, like, why are you doing that? Purely because they can't articulate it, they feel like, I, I, I really don't want to have this conversation. And so they avoid it maybe because of that. Mm, no, uh, I don't think so. I think
1: that that aspect, of course, it exists. Uh, but yes. the, the jealousy of the crafter is not about this. Yeah. Because I think that um, the, the, the perception of not knowing uh, the why of what mm. you're doing yeah. is, the, is, the, is the first, I don't know, like spring to uh, share knowledge. I, at least yeah. to me.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's I, I completely agree and it's an interesting thing because sometimes uh, what I think about or what I've seen is that there are also tailors who, who not only are they not successful in, in their work and in their, well, they, they usually don't have a business, but even if they are freelance or whatsoever, there, there are some tailors that aren't really that successful but at the same time, they don't want to engage with anyone about any technical conversations. So if you want to talk to them about like, hey, let's just figure a few things out on this color or on this lapel, they find it very difficult to have a conversation that is outside of what they have always done. And so they can't think of new things. How? What do you think that that is the reason? Do you think that's just simply lack of knowledge or lack of communication or just what do you think?
1: I think it's basically lack of, uh, curiosity.
0: Lack of curiosity, it's like stepping
1: out. Yeah. I think it's like stepping out of a comfort zone. It's not for everyone. Let's face it.
0: Yeah 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 that is absolutely correct man i i i, I completely stand uh, by that so okay how how long were you with these tailors uh, when you were there
1: uh i i remain with them for uh two here in a house basically and, a half. and okay later uh 6 months more but like m- m- not continuously because i actually at that time uh i started working uh in a tailoring shop in rome uh i was doing okay. another academy uh much better one uh mm-hmm. so like 2 days per week i was going to them and helping them with uh, with the fittings and stuff like that
0: okay okay so then uh did you find the the second academy better than the first one or or better than the previous workplace uh or was it something just additional you were just too curious let's say
1: uh it was both I mean uh the the second school I went to was definitely better uh we were eight mm-hmm. students and we had two teachers uh oh, and these okay. two teachers uh uh, they were actually teachers. I mean, that was all what they were doing. Uh, so they right. were re- they they were retired tailors and spending their time to teach to to us both making and cutting. So it was definitely better.
0: Okay. Okay. And and then you went to this uh, other tailoring company. Uh, are you still working there, or is that uh, are you not uh, there anymore?
1: It was a super short experience because uh, I had some trouble with the uh, with the boss.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, like well, you, you yeah. <laughs> Were you asking too many questions? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I I, I will not say uh, the name because I don't want him to be bad reviewed sure. by me. Uh actually he 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 doesn't deserve this, but <laughs> He's a good oh. guy, after all. <laughs> he, he's, not a, he's not a tailor. Basically, this is the problem. Uh, he was a, a, mm. a very uh, good businessman running a tailor shop, but he was not a tailor. He was not a cutter. So we had mm-hmm. our issues. And in the end, I was still uh, uh, in the academy. So I decided um, this experience is not that helpful. So uh, I quit.
0: Okay. Do, do you, well, here's a question. about: Do you think that business people can successfully set up uh, a tailoring company? What, what are your thoughts on that? Business people who try to set up a, a tailoring company or maybe vice versa, like tailors. Do you think that traditional basic tailors can set up a very successful business? How, how are your thoughts on that?
1: Um, so let's start with the second Um, I think that in the past, yes, a tailor could do that. I think that today is impossible because uh, Mm. as far as I think that the quality and the consistency of our uh, uh, garments should be like the the window uh, of our uh, businesses, it's not enough. Uh, A good suit uh, sadly doesn't sell himself. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think that today is not possible anymore for a tailor to do everything, uh, like uh, social media management and uh, yes. running the company from the financial aspect, uh, stay focused on uh, professional growth, uh, and it, it's just too much, Yeah, in yeah. my opinion. Okay. About the, f- the first part of your, uh, of your question, I think that it is possible, uh, for a man who has, who hasn't a strong, uh, technical, uh, formation to run a tailoring business. It's very, 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 very difficult because, uh, it's super difficult to talk between, um, uh, an experienced tailor and someone who is not a tailor. But mm-hmm. this, I think, should be, uh, this communication gap should be filled in the next like 10 or 20 years because it's a generation problem. Because for a, right. let's say, uh, a, I am not a tailor. Uh, I want to start a business. I need a, a cutter, a senior one, a good one. It's basically yeah. impossible that a senior cutter is, uh, eager to listen to what I want. Uh, in terms of uh, like a, I don't know, a shoulder should fit. Like I I don't want drape mm. in the chest. I don't want, you know, style. Style mixed yeah. with cutting. It, it's very, very difficult. But if you find that kind of uh, um, tailor, able to communicate mm. with someone who is not, and a businessman uh, ready to step down, uh, when it comes to technical stuff, mm-hmm. I think it's, the, it's even better than a tailor doing everything by himself.
0: Right. Do, do you think that if a tailor decides to, let's say, suppose you have a tailor who says, hey, I want to start a, 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 just my own little shop somewhere. And as I get more clients, I'm going to bring in people who will do like things like you said, the management, the social media, uh, do you think that that could be done successfully? Or do you still think that the owner of the company should should really be someone who understands business and then have someone who knows everything on a technical level but is not involved in running and strategizing and planning for the business? Uh, I think
1: that... Um, it's definitely possible to start with a uh, like the small shop and slowly grow. I also think that you don't need to wait that much. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like like it, it's it's not a shortcut what I'm talking about, but, but it's the the it's knowing the the depth and the difficulty of uh, all the aspects of running a business. So. Uh, if I needed like five years to learn my craft and like 100% of my time, uh, dedicated to that, uh, Mm -hmm. is that, uh, possible that, uh, I can spend other five years of my life with the, with 100% of my time dedicated to learning how to, uh, manage a business properly and mm-hmm. just leaving aside the the craft, I don't think so. I think that the, the ways of working together are uh, more suitable for our time. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. One, but I also think that one solution does not uh, like eliminate the other.
0: Sure, sure, sure. Well, the the impression that I'm getting from what you say is that, let's say roughly within the next. Maybe like ten fifteen years uh, you know we're going to have an entire new generation of tailors that have the similar age as we have who are in their thirties their twenties, and that they are not only adapted to modern day living but also modern day technology and they can communicate a lot faster they are tech savvy they are just uh, they have different skills when it comes to uh, communication and maybe a different mentality uh, and that that would start to encourage people to maybe collaborate more and then we will see kind of like more new tailoring businesses is that kind of like the the the, the landscape that you're sketching out here
1: yes yes basically this is it go on, go on. because i think that the, the the future of this craft i think the future in general but of our craft in particular is very connected to the consistency of everything is related to it so not mm-hmm. just the, the, the suit, but everything involved in this. So marketing, uh, business management, everything. If you want to have consistency in every aspect, uh, you need to give people space to dedicate to that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which means that, uh, the, the time you spend, uh, growing your uh, skill set, which means also what do you read when you go to bed uh what do you think mm-hmm. when you go out on a bike is related to your specific uh skills mm-hmm. and craft or job or anything else um, at least it, this is how i um at least i think uh my professional uh experience has grown in these years so mm-hmm. i ex- i expect that uh from the same man i'm working with uh speaking of management or marketing
0: yeah yeah well well, this is a good i think uh, kind of like uh, thing to to cover you know the most well i can't speak for most so i'm not going to do that um (laughs) to keep it kind of like a, a, a little bit more simple um most tailors that i ha- that i that i know and i've seen and i've kind of like talked to uh, obviously they are individuals with very different lives and very different backgrounds and interests but they roughly have the same kind of lifestyle and if they are let's say tailors working in a company or they are freelance most of their time just goes into tailoring and their focus goes into tailoring so if they have Spare time, even that goes to tailoring. It's like, you know, just, yeah. we were just talking like, say, yeah, it's the yeah. same for me. It's like, hey, uh, how many days do you work? Well, seven days. It's like, oh, you don't have weekends. It's like, no, I, well, I have, but I just do do work. So you could say that, yeah, there is a lot of passion, but there is also this, this intense focus on it. Now, if I would, let's say, look at people maybe from a different field or different job aspect, um it's very difficult for me at least to 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 make the judgment that oh everyone who is in in let's say um in art school has exactly the same life i mean art school is a bit similar let's say people in finance maybe um i still find people from different jobs have a, a lot a lot more diverse lifestyles and it's difficult to compare and be like oh yeah, most of them do the same thing. They have their weekends, they take holidays, whereas most tailors, they're like 24-7, 12 hours a day, yeah. they're just sewing. Do you think that this is a, a, a lifestyle that the tailors choose for? Or do you think that the nature of tailoring is just, if you touch it, it will take over your life and uh, it, it just will take over your life? What, what do you think about that? Have you experienced uh... sim- similar things?
1: Um, yes, not for myself. Uh, I mean, I, I know that, uh, this kind of, uh, work can be, uh, I mean it it can make you work like 24 seven. Uh, but, uh, again, I think it it is not the nature of the craft. Uh, -hmm. I think once again, lack of curiosity, because I think that if you do that every single minute of your life, you have absolutely no compelling other interests
0: right 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 you, at you least, almost uh, have no I, life i i it's am <laughs> what sorry speaking for myself yeah, it's it's as if we have no life then yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> no because i, I at least I, I i think this basically depends on how your your uh your uh, mental approach to, to things works uh, i need to i mean my my main interest is of course tailoring but uh, mm-hmm. to do that i uh, i need i have the physical need to uh nurture it with something else
0: right what do you do what 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 do you use as um uh, um as an additional let's say nurturing that helps you not only uh, with your tailoring but it at the same time it helps you to maybe not think about tailoring or, or, or develop your mind and your thoughts in a different direction
1: um let's say about noble stuff uh yeah. i'm very <laughs> i am very much into architecture right. uh from and i am uh, in it, in a um, strange uh, perspective, which is not the design perspective, but the sociological aspect of it. Tell me more. <laughs> and uh, and uh, this is a fun fact. Uh, actually, this this thing too um, comes out of uh, tailoring ratings. Because a a few years ago, my father uh, gifted me with uh, a small book from um, one of the major architects in Western history of architecture, which is Adolf Loos, and that was but that was a book about uh, clothing, Mm -hmm. and so I discovered this fun fact for me at the time: why an architect is uh, writing so good and smart stuff about clothing. And then I discovered why reading um, something else from the same, um, from the same guy and is um, basically the idea that clothing and, and the studying the fashion and how people uh, dresses and how the industry of the, the whole textile industry works is just uh a way of uh, living in cities and it's deeply connected right. with the with the development of uh, social living in cities and the development of cities and the development of fashion is so deeply connected which is almost scary when, when you find out how some kind of habits and some kind of um, clashes in mm-hmm. uh, social history uh, come together, and it, it's it's a very uh, enlightening okay. thing.
0: So, so this I, is if, basically if, if I, my, my... <laughs> No, this is great. I th- so if if I understand correctly, the you could say that fashion, architecture, primarily art, architecture, maybe a little bit of fashion as well, probably uh, as well, uh, reflects the current let's say psyche of a society at that time would you would you be able to say that
1: yeah to a certain extent yes
0: which which do you think influences one the most? is it more like the the, the society that influences the architecture or the architecture that influences the society
1: no i i don't think that uh, there is um one before the other uh, I think they're just uh Different symptoms of uh, social tendencies, basically. Let's say this. It's very difficult to me to speak in English about these kind of topics because they're quite uh, yeah. theoretical. But I'm trying to.
0: <laughs> sure, that's okay. How well? How how do you think that tailoring does the same as architecture does? Like when. when... Do you think tailoring is some sort of an indicator, like the, let's say, uh, the demand for tailoring or the visibility of tailoring? Do you think that that's also some sort of a indicator of where we are in in our society uh, and what we appreciate and and the things we value?
1: Yes, I definitely think so. Um, I would love uh, if uh, it was exactly as you said. I don't think so. Uh, I think it reflects mostly how uh major media tend to um, tell things for other mm-hmm. industries and ab- ab- about other issues, but it's basically the same
0: yeah how 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 well do you think tailoring is represented in general? I mean most of the representation I think now comes on uh, from tailors themselves having like their profiles and stuff but even taking that into account, do you think that tailoring is uh, something that is still misunderstood by many, or do you think no, it's pretty much out there and it's one on one? It is what it says it is.
1: No, it's very misrepresented. Uh, and uh, I even think by the tailors? This, uh, I think that the voice, the volume of the voice of tailors representing themselves is very, very, very low. Basically, because basically because we are uh, too too few, and we are not so uh, relevant in terms of uh, massive business. This is the 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 main problem about uh, ourselves Mm. talking about this. Uh, On the other side, I think that in the last like ten years, um, the the whole tailoring. Uh, world, um, uh, missed the biggest chance, uh, of his whole existence in centuries, uh, because, uh, basically after the, I think the 2008 crisis, uh, mm-hmm. after like a couple of years from then, um, all the major brands of fashion, uh, took some, uh, Claims that should belong strictly to tailoring and other quality Su- such as and uh, <laughs> <laughs> such as made to measure or bespoke or uh, fatto a mano or uh, artisanal yeah, and yeah. all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: sustainable, uh, ethical. Sustainable,
1: yeah, and all of <laughs> the and but this is this is a. Uh, this topic extends to the whole whole greenwashing thing uh, of major brands. Uh, But I think that it went deeply because they they took the terms and they took uh, also our chance to stand out for the first time after like 40 years, I mean after the the 70s and the 80s. Uh, At least I'm talking about Italy but I think it's not that different in, Mm. in England. And um, so uh, a lot of bigger brands started to do the Sartoria line and nice. the, the bespoke experience and all of that stuff. But they didn't they didn't knew how to to do that. Uh, oh. And so they they, uh, they just used the superficial aspects of the of our craft. And, and tailors were, uh, so, uh, that was, that was really fun when it started to happen. I was seeing other tailors, elder tailors, they were so happy about this. They were saying like, Oh, finally the, the, the bigger brands and the, and the fashion bees finally is recognizing our value. And I was saying, no, you're screwed forever, man. And yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Um, yes,
0: hundred percent, one hundred percent. Why do you think? Well, what? Why do you think that tailors actually missed that opportunity? Do you think was well, it? Their age, or is, is it their mentality? Is it the the way their business are operated? Uh, what do you think? Uh,
1: two aspects, basically. One, which is uh, generational and uh, social. Uh, which is culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. I mean, it, it, at least in Italy, uh, the former generation of tailors, which is not the uh, one of our fathers, but uh, of our grandfathers, uh, yeah. had, this, had this idea that tailoring was uh, basically something to uh, get away from. And so in the mm-hmm. 70s and in the 80s, they took their kids away from the tailoring world. Uh, Mm -hmm. The kids studied at the university, they studied uh, economics, they studied science or whatever, or marketing or law, and they forget about uh, what their uh, fathers were doing, fathers and mothers, of course, Mm -hmm. And because their fathers and mothers, they were the first to tell that that craft was a bad one. And Mm -hmm. it's not a good one because I started to they they were always saying I started to work like when I was 10, when I was six, uh, I was working 24 seven for 12 or 14 hours. I was sleeping under the counter and all of that stuff. And so they 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 missed the chance to be educated like they uh, Mm -hmm. they wanted their son to be. And that was right. But but that chance missed uh created uh, a generational void between them right. and us uh and that void was filled at that time uh by the bigger brands like with the mm-hmm. whole uh high end fashion inception in the in, in the eighties and yeah. uh, so th- this is the social and cultural aspect of this the other one is uh also cultural, but related to uh, how um, tailoring, the, the tailoring world is perceived inside and outside. Let's just say mm-hmm. a slight, slightly conservative world, slightly. So <laughs> mildly, <And> mildly. <laughs> the, yeah, mildly. And uh, I think that this aspect is not encouraging forward thinking. And this is the second problem, so I, I knew I personally knew tailors in years back. They were man, you have to believe me, they were afraid of Internet because they thought that having a website could make them lose their clients and like a con. like there is some con mm-hmm. artist somewhere stealing clients via internet to uh, ask for tailors.: So yes. I,
0: why? So, so, so here's just a, a a small thing. A lot of tailors are very, very sensitive about clients being stolen, right? Now, yep. I've heard it so many times that tailors say, "Oh, this person worked with us and then they left and now they stole all our clients." Or, you know, I'm very, uh, I don't want to bring apprentices because today they're going to learn everything and then tomorrow they're going to leave with all the clients. All of those stories. Why do you think there is such an obsession with client stealing rather than client generating? Or, or uh, wh- wh- why do you think that is? It's like people are. It seems that people are more afraid for losing clients than to actually think of something and, and go out there and, and, and find new clients. Uh, what's what's happening there? Do you think?
1: I don't know. Probably because the the. The way of perceiving the the tailoring trade as a modern business is something of our generation. Uh, mm. whereas for the the past generation, it was basically sitting on my kitchen counter working for hours being paid so badly that I am basically afraid of everything. I am also afraid of uh, apprentices stealing. Not my clients, but my work.
0: Yeah, so this yeah, is it. your your skills. Yeah, yeah, very, very. Okay, okay. So uh, I, I'd like to we can we can talk about this for like hours, as you can uh, yeah. notice. I'd <laughs> yeah. like to talk. I'd like to talk a little bit more about you and your work. Um, so let's let's say you did that uh, second. Uh, um, school and then you were doing a, you had a brief uh, work experience uh, which was not a good experience as you said and then you moved on uh, when did you when did you start the work at your current workplace and when did you start to really make things for yourself as well and to experiment and, and kind of like explore the the plateau
1: uh, I started working for myself back in uh, 2013. uh working on my own uh, in my apartment i had my first two or three clients it was good and it was very um enlightening on how stuff should be made and that experience it was short but very uh enlightening Uh, and that uh, pushed me to avoid to go and work for something, someone else, but to start my own business. Back then it was uh, 2014, summer 2014, and right. I, I had I had three partners, and we went on for five years, and then we.